Hello, welcome back to Andrew Racing. I'm Victoria Scanlon. This is the podcast where we talk all things Formula One. And this week, we are reviewing the Azerbaijan Grand Prix. Uh, firstly, I did not review the Australian Grand Prix because it was chaotic. It was like total carnage. I remember watching the race, pausing the live stream, getting up and going for a walk around my neighborhood because I couldn't handle it. It was so much. And I don't love that kind of racing when it's just, okay, so I like it when it's really tight racing, but I hate it when all we see is a bunch of cars going off the tracks, into the gravel, getting damaged. Like, I just, I'm not into that. So I made the executive decision to not... (laughs) record an episode about it. It's fine. So Azerbaijan, it's where we find ourselves for round four of the 2023 season. Baku, its capital, home to the six kilometer, 20 turn street circuit. We've yet to see a repeat race winner here in Baku. Could this be the weekend? Spoilers, it is. New format to the sprint races this year in F1 which was a bit of a mind boggle, but actually proved to be really exciting and very entertaining as a spectator. Let's get started with FP1. So only one practice with the new sprint format, and we had multiple yellow flags on this tight and quick street circuit. So let's start with yellow flag number one. Lando Norris into the runoff at turn one. Not too long after, followed by K-Mag, also into the runoff at turn one. Turn one continues to challenge the drivers as we see Logan Sargent also go into the runoff at turn one. Next up, Carlos Sainz clips the wall at turn five. Doesn't end up being a yellow flag, but takes some serious chunk out of that barrier. All right, next yellow flag, Yuki Tsunoda, turn number three. Then we have Piastri at turn two. Gasly into turn one, told to avoid shifting by the team. And this is the beginning of a very sad weekend for Alpine. Then back to Magnussen, K-Mag, turn one, coming at him again into the runoff. Then we have a red flag during FP1. When we get back into it, Charles Leclerc has a lockup at turn seven, again, bringing out another yellow flag. And then our ninth and final yellow flag, Leclerc again off at turn two. So after FP1, we see issues up and down the pit. Mercedes was complaining a little bit about their braking system being a little bit passive. Uh, Alpine, of course, had that engine failure, um, despite having bringing upgrades to Baku. Uh, Fernando Alonso's Aston Martin, his DRS flap didn't open, obviously a problem. And then Sargent, his nose and front wing was like, I would say, I don't know, maybe centimeters off the track. Actually, at some points it did end up bumping and scraping. So um, something wrong with that nose, wasn't on right. After FP1, we go directly into qualifying, which stands as the qualifying for the race on Sunday, despite having the sprint shootout and the sprint happening later in the weekend. I know. It all makes sense. Uh, So during qualifying, I didn't really take really many notes here. 
uh, DeVries was into the barrier and Gasly into the barrier, which means another red flag and uh, sends him to the back row for the start of the race on Sunday. Like I said, just not a good weekend for Alpine. All right, next up, sprint shootout. New words, new terminology, uh, and actually a whole new element qualifying for the sprint race specifically. So SQ1, the drivers are given 12 minutes and of course, best time wins. Medium tires for all of the drivers in SQ1 and SQ2. Everything in SQ1 is going pretty well until about 40 seconds remaining in the qualifying. And Logan Sargent has a big run into the wall, completely obliterating the back of his car. You can see it in the footage. He is fully driving on two wheels. His front right and his back left are the only tires left touching the track. This, of course, results in a red flag. And that's it. I mean, luckily for Logan, he was already in P11. He was out of the drop zone. But for everybody else who thought they could get in another flying lap, uh, sad to say, no, you were going to be starting at the back of the grid. Logan Sargent, this poor kid. Um, he's had a bit of a rough start to the, his rookie season. Uh, but one thing I will say is I feel like he's very mentally tough. I feel that most drivers after a driver error like that, that ends up taking him out of qualifying or out of a race. Uh, most drivers end up keeping their helmet on because they, I would imagine, want to conceal their face because it's pretty disappointing. Um, but he does a really interesting thing. He takes off his helmet almost immediately. You can see the disappointment on his face, but he really takes it well. I think this takes a lot of mental toughness SQ2, we've got 10 minutes on the clock. Starts with a really cute moment between Lewis Hamilton and one of the cameramen. Uh, Lewis points out that one of the tearaways is stuck on the track just in the pit lane. And of course, that camera operator goes and picks it up. Uh, and then we get to SQ3, eight minutes on the clock. I didn't take any notes. It was pretty straightforward. Sprint lineup. After our quality session, we have Leclerc on pole, sharing the front row with Perez, Verstappen coming up in third, Russell, Sainz, Hamilton, Albon, Alonso, Stroll, and Norris closing out the top 10. In the back half of the grid, we have Piastri, Hulkenberg, Magnussen, Zhou Guan Yu, Badass, Sonoda, Gasly, and DeVries. Only 18 drivers on the grid for that sprint because Esteban Ocon and Logan Sargent will be starting that sprint race from the pits. Sprint time. Sprint race. We're looking at 17 laps around the circuit. It's really fun. It's quick. It's fiery. Really good jump off the grid from Charles Leclerc holding on to that P1. Perez sliding into second and then on the left hander of turn three I gave a little whoop because uh, we have a little bit of contact between George Russell and Rich Sappen, but it doesn't look too bad until after the race, which I will get to in a little bit. Yuki Tsunoda loses it totally. His rear right. Um, it's lap one, two for him. Uh, turn 13, he has a little bump into the wall and totally loses that back tire. There's footage then of the tire just like rolling down the hill following Yuki's car being like, wait for me. That obviously goes into a yellow flag, which turns into a virtual safety car, which eventually turns into a full safety car. A little pause for our race, but nothing too major. After that, we come out looking pretty nice. 
Perez takes the win in that sprint race. Leclerc takes second and Verstappen third. Then, like I mentioned, there are words exchanged between Max Verstappen and George Russell. Uh, You can see they're pretty, Max is pretty upset by this. Um, Yeah. I feel like George did the right thing. I don't think there was much to say there. Okay, let's get to podium prediction. So I predict, because I'm an optimist, a Leclerc win for Stappen second and Perez third. Time for the race. So in the race, we have Hulkenberg and Akon starting from the pits. So just 18 cars out there on the grid. Opening grid, we have Leclerc on pole, sharing the front row with Max Verstappen in second, Perez in third, Sainz fourth, Hamilton fifth, Alonso sixth, Norris seventh, Yuki Tsunoda in eighth, Stroll in ninth, and Oscar Piastri closing out the top 10. Back half of the grid, we have Russell, Albon, Badass, Sargent, uh, Zhou Guan Yu, Magnuson, Gasly, Akon, and Hulkenberg. Those last two drivers, of course, starting in the pits. Good start with Leclerc again, holding on to his P1, but DRS isn't open yet, and already Max Verstappen is inching towards him, getting closer and closer and closer. So you can just see it coming. As soon as that DRS becomes available, there's going to be an overtake. Lap 10, DeVries has something go happening at turn six it looks like his engine went so there ends up being a yellow flag now this is where the red bull racing team calls in max Verstappen for a quick pit what they didn't realize is that there was um more damage than they thought or more of an issue with Devries's car and we end up going to a safety car unfortunate for max because he could have gotten a free pit stop had he just stopped literally like 20 seconds later a bunch of cars come in for that free pit uh Perez ends up taking the lead of the race at this point which he holds on to all the way through to the end partway through Zhou Guan Yu who's having a pretty steady race not great they're at the back of the grid which is surprising because Alfa Romeo brought a lot of upgrades and started the season actually really really well Zhou gets the call to come in because of an issue I didn't really look into it and he ends up being a DNF. From here on out, the race goes pretty smoothly. We end up with that Perez win. As I mentioned, Verstappen weaves his way back up to P2. Unsurprisingly, Leclerc takes the third spot on the podium and we close at the top 10 with Alonso, Sainz, Hamilton, Stroll, Russell, Norris, and Tsunoda. In the back half, not making it into the points, we have Piastri, Albon, Magnussen, Gasly, Akon, Sergeant, Hulkenberg, and Badass. And we have two DNFs with Zhou Guan Yu and Nick DeVries. Uh, so the only reason I think Checo got that win is because of that slight, I wouldn't call it an error, but a misread on the yellow flag. Uh, I think Verstappen, had he stopped later, would have been able to make it into that P1 um, and take the podium. But hey, I'm all for it. I'm for a Checo win. It's a one-two for Red Bull and Charles Leclerc makes it onto the podium for the first time this season, which is really exciting for him. This also narrows the gap between uh, Perez and Verstappen in the Drivers' Championships. Sergio Perez, just seven points behind Max Verstappen now. In a post-race interview, I heard team principal Christian Horner say that essentially they're free to go racing now, which is really interesting. I said, I think this says a lot about the team dynamic at Red Bull and where they place their importance. Anyways, 
I can't wait to see how this season goes. It's going to be good. Podium recap. So I was right in who was on the podium. The order got jumbled up a little bit, but still, we end up with a Verstappen win, Paris second, and Leclerc third. It's time for Super Fan of the Weekend. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm so... Okay, so uh, I didn't have like a lot of people jumping out at me and being like, oh, look at those fans. Uh, But there were a couple notable fans. One man in particular who had a seemingly homemade shirt. Uh, I believe it said something along the lines of Lewis Hamilton, eight-time world champion in a very basic Helvetica on a white t-shirt. It was clean. I liked it. I'll give you a shout out for that. Uh, but super fan of the weekend this weekend goes to the Red Bull Racing Team. They were just so sweet. As Perez and Max were coming across the finish line, they were all out there cheering, fish bumping, as they normally do. Um, so, you know, I'm going to give it to Red Bull Racing. They are the super fan of the weekend. Congratulations, Red Bull Racing. I'm adding a new segment to the podcast. This segment is called What I Learned This Weekend because this is a journey. F1 is a journey. It's forever changing and evolving and we're constantly learning or at least I am constantly learning. So this week I tuned into F1's Tech Talk where they talked about the nose of a F1 car and what is in the nose of an F1 car. They talk about the components, uh, the technology that goes on inside, the adaptations that have occurred over time. So let me give you a little bit of a recap or a synopsis of what I learned. Shockingly, I found out that crash testing didn't come in until 1985, where they would literally swing a weight, wrecking ball style, into the car to see what kind of damage uh, it would take and what kind of impact it would take. So things have come a long way since then. The nose, front wing, and front plates of an F1 car have over 100 components in them. Three things that really stood out to me are a couple of the different components that are contained within or on the front nose, wings, and front end plates. For example, on the front end plates, you'll see tiny cameras or tiny sensors that are infrared sensors that are constantly giving feedback of how hot the tires are getting throughout the race. Of course, you have moving pieces in the front wings that allow the drivers to change the alignment, giving them a different feel in the car. They also have countless sensors in those wings. And those sensors are giving feedback. Feedback like how high the wings are off the track, how much load is going through the wings, and how much pressure is actually underneath. So it's that downforce feedback. The nose and wing component plus the tires can be changed in a pit stop in under 90 seconds, which is pretty incredible. And that's made possible by a very simple feature, which is a quarter turn barrel nut. Essentially, If you have ever put together flat pack furniture, like from a famous Swedish furniture store, same idea. They're just a quarter turn and they're incredibly strong. They have a yield strength of up to four tons. And that's what makes it so quick and efficient for these drivers and for the teams in our pit stops. My thoughts. My thoughts leaving the Azerbaijan Grand Prix and going into the rest of the season. So I have a note here that 
I'm interested to see what's going to happen with Alfa Romeo. Because they started off so strong this season in Bahrain preseason testing, I thought they looked fantastic. They really came out um, in that mid-pack battle, almost towards the upper end of the mid-pack. And then this week, just like plummeted, had so many issues. A DNF for Joe. What did we end up with for Bottas? We ended up in, yeah. 18th for Badass, which essentially was dead last because we had two DNFs. So far this season, on average, they are the second slowest car on the grid and they have yet to reach a Q3. Granted, they still have updates to come. Those will likely include changes to the floor, perhaps even adjustments to make their DRS more effective. So I'm going to be keeping an eye on them. My other thought is that I'm just super excited for the rest of the season. I feel like it's going to be an amazing season to watch unfold. There's nothing in particular that I'm excited for. Uh, Okay, maybe key races like Monaco and Silverstone. I'm looking forward to those, of course. But just generally, it's starting off really well. I love, 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 love the new sprint format. So I'm really excited for more of that. And yeah, I think it's just going to be a great year. So, Fernando Alonso and Taylor Swift? Now, I'm not usually digging or really excited by the personal lives of these drivers because I think it's really important that their personal life is personal. But I'll make one exception here because that little piece of information kind of just perked up my ears and I think it just gave me all the feels. I think that would be so sweet. Anyways, time will tell. And that's it. That's the podcast for the week, everybody. I hope you enjoyed that recap. And let me know what your thoughts are on the rest of the season. Uh, What's something you perhaps learned this weekend? You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and YouTube. And of course, you can listen anywhere you get your podcasts. We'll see you in one week's time where we will find ourselves in Miami. Thanks so much for tuning in and we'll see you next time. Bye.